we've come across a major project in Texas that will be a game changer for cotton producers. And for farmers everywhere, it's a fascinating story. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vocher, host and editorial director for Farm Progress. Cotton is a fascinating crop. Midwest farmers who venture south to see this fiber crop grown or be harvested are getting an early look at the product, but once it's harvested and moves to the gin, there's another step. That cotton has to be classed, and for the cotton farmer, it's that classing that determines the final price. Shelley Hughley with Southwest Farm Press has been covering the construction of a new state-of-the-art cotton classing facility in Lubbock, Texas. What makes it unique is not only the investment in new top-line tech, but that it will be on the campus of Texas Tech University. She shares why that location is important, not only for cotton producers, but for agriculture. Shelly, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Good morning. We're talking about something, and uh, it's very interesting. Uh, It's a new cotton classing facility in Texas, right? That's right. It's it's a big deal. But before we really dig into this, uh, as uh, uh, our listeners are from around the country and may not know a lot about cotton, what is a cotton classing facility and why is it important that you're getting a new one? Well, it's it, the classing offices basically grade our cotton and then that's how we're paid. And I can say we because I'm married to a cotton farmer. <laughs> and so our cotton is classed in Lubbock. And right now there is there's currently a classing office in Lubbock, but they at USDA, the cotton and tobacco program is partnering with Texas Tech and Texas Tech has said, hey, we're going to donate the land and USDA is building uh, this new state of the art cotton classification complex and they process like 40,000 cotton samples a day and so there's there's just some really unique and exciting things happening with this partnership so they pretty much wore out the old cotton office in in lubbock right is that what this is about well i think it's more i don't know that they've worn it out but just as we do in agriculture we're constantly looking to upgrade to become more efficient more sustainable and this is one of those it's a highly efficient uh building and it's it's the newest, latest in, in classing equipment. And this will be the model for classification uh, equipment and processes. Yeah, and I'm sure they're looking to upgrade other ones across the country, whether you're talking the upland areas and also your area, which is great news. From that standpoint, uh, obviously for farmers who don't know about this, like you say, you get paid for it. It's just like when an elevator rates your number two yellow corn for foreign material or right. quality, it's the same thing. We're looking at strength and length and micronair and all those fun fun words that are in cotton that tell me that this is gonna make a great shirt. So that's important. Absolutely. Definitely. And what's, uh, what's been neat about this, and it's a first for me, I was there in July of 2019 when they had the groundbreaking at Texas Tech. And then Jennifer Turpin with USDA AMS Cotton and Tobacco has reached out to me every time their deputy administrator, Daryl Ernest, has been in Lubbock. And so I've, throughout the last year, year and a half, have been periodically going and, and watching this progress from dirt to this state-of-the-art facility and, and learning about 
the different aspects that make it unique and, and a one-of-a-kind facility. And Daryl has just been great to um, meet with meet with me and explain the process. So it's it's been exciting to watch. So one area that got my attention, and it's, sadly it's all the way at the end of your story, but it's that interesting video about the, the use of insulated concrete forms for this facility, which is a new newer building technique, but they're putting it to work in this facility, right? Yes, so they actually call it the Yeti cooler, the, the, this concept. And um, just like you think about a Yeti cooler and how well it does keeping either, either things cold or hot, but regulating temperature, that's exactly what they're using. And so it's gonna help regulate the moisture and temperature in the lab, which is essential to consistency in classing the samples so that every one of them each you know each of the 40,000 daily are classed exactly the same and so temperature and and moisture levels are uh, really important and Daryl talks a lot about how tight this facility is and this ICF this insulated concrete forms is a, a big part of that. Well, that's an interesting technology it's an inter there's a a foam component to it. I was looking at the pictures and it really does make a difference. And we all know that the weather in Texas is lovely all the time. So <laughs> it's not an issue, I guess, but I guess they want to make the investment to test it out. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I, I mean, we just had wheat completely blown out in the panhandle just last oh. week with a, with a horrible windstorm. So you just never know what you're going to get around here. And so Daryl Ernest and everybody at Texas Tech that have been the, the eyes on the project, they're engineers, they're doing everything they can to make sure that that classification room is tight and that uh, the automated equipment and the instruments, that the temperature and the moisture level is exactly what they need to keep those uh, samples consistent. So there's something interesting about this facility, too, and that is that since it's on the campus of Texas Tech, maybe part of the rent, I'm putting quotes around rent, is that students get access to this facility for education, right? Yes, so that's really exciting. I'm a Texas Tech alum, so I'm really proud of this as well. But to think about that as a student that I would get to learn in a one-of-a-kind, a, a state-of-the-art facility would, would have been really exciting for me. So I'm, I'm excited for the kids that are coming up in the ag program at Texas Tech. And, and it's not just agriculture that's going to play a role as far as students. We're talking about engineers. We're talking about students that are majoring in understanding data and research and science. Like, it's it's very far reaching beyond agriculture, and yet it's going to expose these other majors to agriculture, to cotton. So it's it's very exciting. Um, one of the things that they've done is built a showroom where the students can come in and it's built up a little bit so that you're looking down into the classification room. And so they'll they'll get to see the process. And Daryl said they'll also bring them in on floor level. But this will give anybody that comes through an opportunity. They've got big glass windows and um, to to be able to see how this process works. And I think the other thing that's neat that Daryl talked about is that so many kids 
they maybe they come from the cotton farm or kids are familiar with cotton, but they're not familiar with this end of the, the chain. And so this will take them through the next process of once that cotton leaves the field and goes to the gin, this is the next step. And it's, of course, it's always important. The more we understand, uh, the better. So there's there's a lot here to be excited about and that's going to benefit not only USDA, but Texas Tech University and upcoming students and people in agriculture. You, know, you brought up a good point, though, and I've run across this and actually I have a future column on this. One of the challenges we have is recruiting engineers for agriculture. Um, and you get a lot of folks that go into the engineering programs and then there's a significant move to bring women into STEM types of careers. And what we find is if they're exposed to agriculture, they suddenly realize there's something different in engineering than they ever thought of before. And one of the cool things about agriculture is we have a higher purpose. Many uh, engineers are trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. And agriculture brings a higher purpose to feed and clothe and power the lives of Americans. And I think once they see something like that, it'll get their interest in being an ag engineer related work rather than just being, excuse me, but just being an engineer. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and one of the things Daryl and I talked about, I said, you know, with this being a state of the art facility, you can't just have anybody in here running this kind of equipment. And he mm -hmm. said, absolutely, this is, this is a game changer of who we will be employing and what kind of uh, experience and background people will re will be required to have to, to come in and work here. And so it's, it is, like you said, very far reaching beyond the College of Agriculture and, and people majoring in ag. And it just, you know, we talked a lot about too, about just the data uh, that's, that's coming from this and the, the technology there, there's just a lot there. I'm excited about that from the standpoint of as you gather 40,000 samples a day and start looking at relating this back to varieties, practices, that data is going to have a great deal of help for the farmers bringing cotton into the gin. And the cool thing I hope is that that, that information will be more readily communicated to the farmers selling into the gin. Well, and I think that's you, you bring up a good point. Ultimately, it, it, it always comes back to the farmer, right? Um, yep. That's why we're doing what we're doing is to better, to improve, to make more efficient what's happening on the farm and in the field. And, and this is a part of that process. That's cool. Well, Shelley, I appreciate your coverage. Um, you can look up that story online or there will be a link with the online write-up of this that will be on there. But if you just type in 30,000 square foot cotton classification complex into Google, that story is going to come up. So uh, we hope that you take a good look at this because you've also done a lot of video work showing the process from shovel to insulated concrete forms. And I think readers will find that very interesting. Shelly, thanks for your hard work on this. Great to talk to you. Uh, good to talk to you. As journalists, we enjoy the opportunity to watch something grow from start to finish. Thanks to Shelley Hughley, editor of Southwest Farm Press, for giving us the inside scoop on that story today. And we know that there will be more as the facility ramps up in 2022. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source, with 17 state and regional brands, as well as farm futures, 
beef, National Hog Farmer and Feedstuffs, and our events including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, and the New York Farm Show. Before we go, I want to alert you to two special events to consider for your calendar in January 2022. The Farm Futures Ag Finance Boot Camp and the Farm Futures Summit. Boot Camp runs all day January 19 and the Summit runs January 20 and 21. We're in Iowa City, actually in the same hotel facility we've been in before. It just changed its name to the Hyatt Regency Coralville Hotel and Conference Center. You can learn more about the program, what's on hand, and the agenda with speakers and more at farmfuturesummit.com. Visit the site and consider registering to be on hand in January. Oh, and uh, check your email inbox because I'm pretty sure if you're hearing my voice, you've seen an email promoting the event and there's probably a discount code in there you might want to use. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.